The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. I would like us to go to Psalm 46 this morning. The 46th Psalm. If you have a favorite Psalm, perhaps this one would be it. I don't know. It is a favorite one. I have an 18 year old daughter. This is her favorite Psalm. And my text is going to be the first three verses. I'd like to read them here for you. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. Psalm 46 was the basis of Martin Luther's famous and enduring hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. In his incredible work on all of the Psalms, Charles Spurgeon called Psalm 46 the song of holy confidence. And God's people has been, or have been singing this hymn for thousands of years. We're going to sing a portion of it today. Now, when I say sing, I mean I'm going to preach on it and we're going to meditate on it. The theme is very clear. It is having a holy confidence in God during unstable and turbulent times. In fact, if you look at the text, many of you have noticed this before, the the last word of verse 3, the last word of verse 7, and the final word of verse 11 are all the same. Selah, this is a musical term. A, A lot of debate has gone about what this word actually means, but many people understand it to mean a pause in the singing. Maybe there is a crescendo, maybe it's just meditative music being played, but the idea is you stop and you meditate on what you just sang. So all throughout this chapel, we're going to have a Selah moment as we meditate upon these truths, particularly in what I consider to be stanza number one, the first three verses of this particular song. We have no way of actually knowing when this song was written, the historical background behind it. There is some indication in verse 5 and in verse 9 that it was written during King Hezekiah's time. If you know anything about the the history of the divided kingdom. King Hezekiah was king over the southern kingdom. You can read the whole story in Second Chronicles 32 and Isaiah 36 and 37. It's a dramatic story. Here it is, bottom line, the terrorists of Hezekiah's day, the Assyrians, had come to Jerusalem. They were camped on the doorstep of the city And these terrorists prided themselves on their lewd and violent brutality. If they arrived at at your city gates, you knew something atrocious and something inevitable was going to happen. Some of your family would die, but in the most violent and gruesome ways, B-52. 
beheadings, mutilations, dismembers, dismembering, impaling, skinned alive, other atrocities. In fact, if you ever read the book of Nahum, Nahum was a prophet to the capital city of Assyria, a city maybe you've heard of before called Nineveh. Nahum calls it the bloody city. Nahum gives uh, imagery of stacked corpses littering the streets as chariots roll over the victims. These are the people camped outside the doorstep of Jerusalem. And if you happen to be one of the lucky survivors, more than likely you would be deported hundreds of miles from your hometown never to see your family again. And if we understand the story behind what I believe is the writing of Psalm 46, more than 185,000 savages are outside Jerusalem Your cousins to the north in the the kingdom of Israel have already been crushed by the Assyrians, and they are Yahweh's people. Here are God's people fearful of losing their freedom. They're terrified of death. They know their life as they currently know it is about to change. They are full of anxiety. Are you there this morning? Now, you don't have Assyrians in your life. But whatever the issue is, it is real just the same. What do you do when you are overcome by life? You must do what God's people did, as we see here in Psalm 46 and and really in 2 Chronicles 32 and Isaiah 36. What they do is they cried out to their God and He sent a destroying angel. And here's a spoiler alert. (laughs) In one night, God took care of more than 185,000 savages. The lesson is clear. When you place your confidence in your God, He takes care of that which you are afraid. Psalm 46 is to be sung by God's people with a holy confidence in Him during turbulent times. And here in the first stanza of the first three verses of Psalm 46, you and I are exhorted to rest in the peace that God brings. So what I'd like to do in our brief moments here is to show you two pictures of God that will calm our hearts and encourage us to trust in Him. Here are the two pictures. The first picture we'll spend the majority of our time on, and that is this, God is our strong refuge. And then, Lord willing, we will get to the second picture, and that is God is our permanent stability. Let's look first here at God is our strong refuge. And I hope you understand I'm not making it up. Can you not figure that out for verse number one? God is our refuge and strength. Notice our song in turbulent times begins with God. It starts on a high note. I remember in college days myself when I was in um, a choir and we sang the Messiah from George Frederick Handel. Have you sung that before? There's one of the songs in that concerto. Is it called a concerto? All the songs that they have. Worthy is the Lamb. Are you familiar with this song? If you are, you know exactly how it starts. I learned as a college student. 
There's no warm-up. From the moment the choir opens its mouth, the very first word is worthy. It's going worthy as the lamb, but it starts on this big, no, it's the biggest part of the song. Worthy is the lamb. That's how it begins. I cannot help but think about that as I look at Psalm 46. We begin on a crescendo. God is our refuge and strength. It grabs our attention. We are transported to a lofty peak overlooking the churning chaos below. It's almost as though we are having an out-of-body experience. In the midst of our turmoil, we are set above it with God looking down. Our song begins with God. The word here, the name is Elohim, the self-existent one. He is the one who is above our turmoil, the one who lives outside the limitations of our anxieties, the one who resides in a realm beyond our fears, the one who is unaffected by the instability of humanity. How interesting is it not that our song does not begin with us at all? It begins with him. And what do we affirm about him? He is our refuge and our strength. Now, interestingly, the word is, is not in the original Hebrew. It was supplied by the English translators to help our English minds out. And it's a good, a good insertion. It literally comes to us this way, God, our refuge and strength. In other words, the poet puts no time stamp. There is no sell by date. Here is a reality that never expires. Here is a truth that is always current. God is our refuge and strength. Notice he will not, it is not that he will be your refuge in the future, though that is true, he will. And it's not that he might be as though, you know, this God is only the refuge for those who have been walking with him in faithfulness for so long, only the super saints. No, from the weakest to the strongest in here, he is our refuge and strength. From the least mature in Christ to the most mature in Christ, he is right now your refuge and strength. For those of us here who are struggling with devastating news or changes that are happening in your life and you feel like you've lost control, to those who are confident and unshakable in that God does work all things together for good, or wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, it does not change this enduring reality. God, our refuge and strength, an ever-living, never-dying truth, right now He is your strong refuge. Maybe, do I hear someone this morning say, well, Andy, that sounds wonderful if I only knew what a refuge was. I think most of us perhaps would. A refuge is a stronghold, a fortress, a castle. In ancient days, the castle would stand on the hill and and the citizens of that Little kingdom would be living outside the castle in their own homes and fields doing the day-to-day. But the moment there was any sort of 
fear, the moment there was any threat to their existence, these threats would drive the ancients into the security and the safety of the castle. The whole community would come inside the castle. The refuge. But notice in our text here that our refuge is not a place. Our castle is not a building that we run to. Our castle, our refuge, our fortress is a person, the self-existent one. Elohim is my castle. He is my place of safety. He is your secure location. Where do you run to when life upends you? May I point out that the songwriter here says that God is our refuge. He does not talk about work being our refuge. Throwing yourself in a hobby or a romantic relationship, that is not our refuge. Nor does he mention online shopping or gaming. Entertainment, music, good health, or even family. Nor does he talk about the sinful, sinister things. Porn is not our refuge when life is turbulent. Alcohol is not our refuge. Cannabis is not our refuge. Nor are plans to end our lives our refuge. Some of these are more sinister and sinful certainly than others, but they are all distractions, but none of these are our refuge. But I know that if I can get to my God, all will be okay in my castle. I can be at peace in him. God is our refuge. But notice he is also our strength. This speaks of the quality of our refuge. This refuge is strong. Our refuge has weathered the storms and is still found standing. In our weakness, he is our strength. I wonder, do you find yourself helpless today? Do you feel your futility, your, your feebleness Do you find yourself losing faith or hope in him? Then run to your refuge and find strength in someone not named you. Again, Charles Spurgeon is credited with saying this, the greatest place to be is in need of God. He is our refuge and strength. Did you notice the second line of verse number one? A very present help in trouble. This word trouble speaks about what a refuge is for. You don't need a castle when there's no trouble. It speaks of being in a tight place. Do you find yourself there? Anxieties constricting your ability to breathe. Stresses suffocating you, pressures impeding you to make rational decisions. You find yourself in a tight place, a time of trouble. That's the time for your strong refuge. Notice 
This refuge is your help in trouble. Now, we might be tempted to say, God is my helper, and that is the truth, and that's actually what it's getting at. But notice, God is not just your helper in trouble. God is actually the help itself. He is the answer of peace. He himself is the answer that you need. He is your help in a constricted time. But what type of a help is he? He is a present help. The word has the idea of being available. He is available to be your help. Here is a gift that keeps on giving. You remember in elementary school, the teacher would do roll call. Class, if you hear your name, say you're here. And inevitably, there was one kid, and I'm looking at some here this morning, I know, when you his name was called. Here, 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 present. And everyone chuckled like we'd never heard it before. That's the idea here. You find yourself in a constricted place, a time of trouble, and your heart cries out, God, and he immediately says, present. I'm here I am available. I am in your presence. He has shown up the moment that you need him. And some of you already know where we're going. Not only is he a present help in trouble, he is a very present help. This word intensifies his presence. It means abundantly. In other words, he is not just there. He's all up in your business. He is very present. When our youngest child was four, she's now 13, but when she was four, she was still learning the English language, and she's always been an intense girl. She lives life to the fullest. One of her favorite words as a four-year-old, she didn't know what the difference between an adverb and an adjective was, but boy, she loved this as an adverb. Her favorite word for a while was very. She put it in front of every word. One night, she heard me uh, preaching somewhere. And uh, to the congregation, and afterwards, she said, Daddy, I was listening to you tonight. I said, well, I'm so happy. That night I had said something about the fact that I I had confessed to the congregation that I'm a a very fearful person. I'm about the most fearful person I've ever met. A lot lot of things can rattle me. (laughs) And she said, I was listening to you tonight. I said, oh, okay, what did you hear? She said, Daddy, you have very fear. And she's right. Now I'm speaking to some people with very fear. But in the midst of the very fear I have, I have a help who is very present. He is a very present help in trouble. Psalm 145, 18 and 19 The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He will hear their cry and will save them. Psalm 62, 7 and 8, in God is my salvation, my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah, think about this. 
Are you fearful? Are you confused? Are you blindsided? Then run to your refuge. There's one more word here before I move on to the second picture, and that is the word our. God is our refuge. Can I say this? You are not alone in tight places. The whole people of God, the whole community of faith in Jerusalem were under the threat of the Assyrians. And when you feel all alone, when you feel in that constricted space, don't abandon being with God's people. May I apply it to today? You need the church. We are all in this community of faith together, resting in our God, our refuge and strength. Like those ancients all coming into the castle, let us all find our refuge in Him. God is our strong refuge. Now can I point to you the second picture here, which is in verses 2 and 3, and that is God is our permanent stability. In other words, this castle cannot crumble. He remains permanently stable And he calms our hearts. We see in verse number two the word therefore. Therefore, this is because of what we just learned, there is a truth we must, or there is a reality that must be true of our lives. Because God is our strong refuge, a very present help in trouble, therefore it's an automatic, we have no need to fear. Do you find yourself fearful, anxious? Maybe it's time for you to put your mind back on Psalm 46.1. Like you, like many of you, to go home, I have to fly. I never think about, I rarely think about, maybe I should say, how when I am flying, I'm 30,000 feet in the air, hurtling through the ether at 550 miles an hour in a metal tube. I never think about that. Until a little thing called turbulence hits the plane. You know what turbulence is. Everything's going on okay, and then you hit some pocket of air, and the entire aircraft drops. I am suddenly aware that I have no control over my life. On one flight, I was sitting, I was on a very small plane, which are even worse in turbulence, and sitting next to, the lady sitting next to me, and we hit turbulence, and we dropped, and it was one of those big drops. She screamed right next to me and instantly grabbed onto me, like I could do anything in that moment. Hello? Okay. In that moment, I was her refuge, and a very poor refuge, may I say. It scared me almost more than turbulence. But I don't know how many times in those moments where I feel out of control in an airplane that I instantly, my heart instantly, I'm quick to Jesus. Oh, Lord, I need you to calm my mind. I I, I need you to control my thoughts right now. And well, good for me, but am I quick? Are you quick to Jesus when turbulence hits your family? When turbulence hits your end of the semester? When turbulence hits your bank account?
He is the permanent stable refuge. In fact, as you look at verses 2 and 3, we have all of these those. Here are changeable things. Though the earth be removed, the earth is stable until it's not. Though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, even if massive earthquakes cause mountains which are symbols of stability. Ever tried to move a mountain? You can't. Even if these earthquakes cause mountains to slide into the heart of the sea, God remains constant. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, let the restless waves of the ocean boil, ferment, and foam. Let the mighty waves crash against the stability of your humanity. Even if that which you thought would never change does change, you can be at peace. You have no need of fear. For God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Family members will leave you feeling vulnerable. The economy will leave you feeling vulnerable. Your inadequacy will leave you feeling vulnerable. Friends are going to betray you, let you down, and leave you feeling vulnerable. Trusted people will hurt you and will leave you feeling vulnerable. But there is a God in heaven who is very present in your trouble, who will never leave you nor forsake you. The only one God has forsaken is the Lord Jesus upon the cross. Where Jesus becomes our ultimate refuge, our ultimate strength, our strong refuge, our ultimate very present help in the trouble of our sin as the Father poured out the judgment upon him that was meant for you and meant for me, Jesus absorbs the wrath. He absorbs the trouble. He absorbs the judgment against us. Have you run to your saving refuge? Have you found that He is your salvation? Don't think that He has ever abandoned you. Did He not go through the cross for you? In 2018, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was 39. God has been gracious, has carried her through. It's been five years now. But the night before a major surgery that was to take place, her brother sent us this message. To his sister, he said, a lot will change tomorrow, but nothing eternal will change. Do you believe this? We end with the word Selah. You're going to do a lot of things today, but have a Selah moment Meditate. God is our refuge and strength. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, 
visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.